Jesus. You are Yahweh, the Lord Most High. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord of hosts. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Father, we worship you. We declare that you are awesome. We declare you are wonderful. We declare you are righteous, you are glorious. There is none that can be compared with you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The great and the mighty one. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome God. He made himself our father. Made us his children. Father, we worship you. We adore you. We say, May all glory, may all honor, may all adoration be ascribed unto you. Because you alone are God, and there is none other. Accept our praise, accept our worship this evening. As we pray in Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. You may be seated. expecting a bigger crowd than this. <laughs> what do they call this? Is this uh, pastoratory? Yeah. Because pastor is not here, right? <laughs> so they call it pastoratory from idolatry. <laughs> Amen. All right. We are going to have a good time. <clears throat> because the Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name, right? Two or three, we are more than three, right? In fact, even one, because he is in us, right? He is in us. He says Christ in us, what? The hope of glory. The hope of glory. So we are carrying him. We are the we are the carriers of God himself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. This is the time where uh, we, you know, we dialogue based on the message we received on Sunday. Um, we try to analyze it and see how we can apply it to ourselves. And of course, pray, you know, whatever nuggets we had out of it, then we can pray that into our lives. Amen? Amen. So from what we heard from the Holy Spirit last uh, Sunday, um, I'm going to throw this, you know, to all of us. What was, what, what is the nugget? What is the, what was the takeaway from that, um, from that administration? Uh, and uh, if I may begin, I talked about uh, surrender. I talked about surrender, uh, which follows brokenness, right? We have brokenness. That we have surrender, and I say that uh, brokenness is not an end in itself, but is a means to an end. And even surrender is not is not the end. You know, there is a purpose in surrender, and that is to bring us to a place where we can now appropriate our death. Um, you know, 
anytime I talk about death, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't mean the physical death. I am making, you know, reference to our revealed death as a living sacrifice. Because um, uh, the uh, biblical, uh, uh, the scriptural basis that I use for surrender, uh, uh, Romans 12, right? Romans 12, verses 1 to, verses 1 and 2. And if you can open to that, let's, let's just open to that and uh, so we take our cue from that. Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. And if you, if you have it, please, can you, can you read for me? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. As a living sacrifice, yes. holy and acceptable to God, yes. which is your reasonable service. That's right. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's right. The will of God, perfect. In order that we may prove. In other, in other, in, in, in other words, that we may assert we may prove that perfect will, an acceptable will of God. Uh, we can only do that if our mind is renewed, our mind is renewed to the truth. You know, the mind renewal brings about a transformation. And that word, a transformation, actually means metamorphosis. It means something that has not been there before. You know, you become that thing that has not been there before. It's a complete metamorphosis. Amen? But the key thing in that passage is that we should present our bodies, a living sacrifice. Can we say a living sacrifice? Living sacrifice. And I did mention that, you know, our Christian journey, the Christian faith is full of paradoxes. Paradoxes. You, how could you be living and yet you are a sacrifice because sacrifice always means death, right? It means death. But we are told to be a living sacrifice and that is a surrender. And the, I remember saying that um, that takes a cue from the Old Testament um, sacrificial system where the animal was brought before the priest and then the person that brought the animal as a sin offering would lay his hand on the head of the on the head of the animal. And then by laying his hand on the head of the animal, he's saying that I am transferring all of my rights, my ownership, my interest in this animal to God. I'm transferring all of it to God. So our surrender means that we are relinquishing, we are setting aside all the rights to me I'm setting aside, I'm relinquishing all the rights to myself and everything that I have unto God. For what purpose? For the purpose of appropriating or taking possession of my death as a living sacrifice. Now, that is a mouthful. <laughs> that is a mouthful. And so, I began to break it down this way. That total surrender involves three things. Now, do we remember those three things that I mentioned? Three things that total surrender involves. Do we remember any of them? 
guys were here last, last Sunday, right? Okay, one of the first things was, was, was that I am willing for God's will to be done in my life, right? I'm willing for God's purpose, for God's will to be done in my life. I'm willing to let go of the control of my life because I really cannot do that. Can any one of us do that? Can you control all the circumstances that you are faced with? No, you can't. And many of us take on that responsibility. We can't even control ourselves, then we try to control others. God is the only one who knows everything, and then he can control. So I'm willing to let go the control of my life. The, the, the second thing I said was, was that I'm giving God the permission to do with me whatever he wants. That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> you know, just, just like, you know, that animal is brought to the priest and it is the priest that takes the knife and slays the throat of that animal. So I'm saying, God, I'm giving you the knife. Do unto me whatever you want. For some people, that, that means losing control. Can we do that? That's a tough one. Because we all want to be in charge. We want to be in, in control. And the third thing I said was that it is surrendering all of my rights. I surrender all of my rights. And I tell you what, <laughs> we have rights. Hmm? Don't we have rights? We have the right to leave. We have the right to be accepted. We have the right to have a good family, to have wonderful family, a good husband, a good wife. I have the right to think the way I think. I have the right to do whatever I want to do. We have rights. I have a right to my reputation. In other words, how people see me. I have the right to be accepted, not rejected. We have rights. But God is saying that, look, I want you to hand over, surrender those rights unto me. Because when you do, I take care of it much more than you can take care of yourself. That's what he's, he's saying. So surrendering those rights unto God. Amen? And then I use uh, Jesus Christ as, as, the, as the ultimate example. And the passage that we used was uh, Philippians chapter 2, I think from verses 5. Let's just read that before we pray. Philippians chapter 2, let's read from verse 1, I think, to, to, uh, to verse 8. But we'll concentrate on 5 to 8. Philippians chapter 1. Is it 1? 2. Philippians. Two, please. Is that two? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Please start from verse one. From verse one. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, do we have any consolation in Christ? Yes, we do. If any comfort of love. If there is any comfort of love, comfort if, of the love of God, are if, we loved by God? Can we receive that love? Do we enjoy that love? Yes. And Lord, God's love is 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 comfortable. Amen. If any fellowship of the Spirit. If there is any fellowship of the Spirit, don't we say every time before we dismiss, may the grace of God mm -hmm. and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we repeat that every Sunday. So there is a fellowship 
It's a community of the Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is in us. Amen? If any affection and mercy. If any affection. Who is here that isn't experiencing the affection from God? Anybody here? We all experience that. Affection. Go on, brother. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love. Yes. Being of one accord. Yes. Of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. you, Which was also in Christ Jesus. Also in Christ Jesus. Yes. Let this mind... I, I, I think I said, you know, that is, that is an imperative. It's not, it's not a suggestion. It's not saying, please, can you allow So he said, let this mind be in you. That is a command. God's command. Let this mind. Another version says, have this attitude. Have this attitude that was in Christ Jesus. And we all have different kinds of attitude. You know, I hear people say, you know, you walk with attitude. You sing with attitude. You dance with attitude. The only attitude that God is saying we should have is the attitude of Christ. Amen? Please go on. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Yes. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, Yes. but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, yes. even the death of the cross. Yes. Therefore, God has highly exalted yes. him and given him the name which is above every name, yes. that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, yes. or of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, yes. and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory to the of glory. God the Father. Of the Father. Amen. Amen. So Jesus did what? He emptied himself. He emptied himself. And in order to empty himself, his attitude was what? Humility. The attitude of humility. The attitude of letting go. He lost, he lost control. You know, he entrusted himself unto the Father. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. And so even, you know, he could, he, could, he could get up and wash his disciples' feet because he knew who he was. Doing such a menial job didn't take away from who he was. Amen? When Satan tempted him, he tempted him based on his identity. Right? He says, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, do this. Jesus knew who he was. He didn't have to prove it, you know, to the enemy. The father has just said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Just after his baptism by John the baptizer. The enemy heard that. Satan heard that. And so the first thing that, you know, the, first, the very first temptation was, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And what does Jesus tell him? Man shall not live by bread alone, right? But by the very word that comes out of the mouth of God. As God said something to you, that word stands. 
that word will be tested. Hmm? What God has said concerning you, about you, is going to be tested. Just like the word concerning Jesus was tested by the enemy. If you are the son of God, do this. I think in Psalms 105 verse, verse 7, he said the word, that, the dream that was given to, to Joseph, God tested him on that. And that was why he passed through all the things that he had to pass through. Amen? So this evening, I want to first of all ask, what are the rights that you are holding on to? What are those rights that you are holding on to? See, Jesus had the right to have a good reputation. Did he hold on to that right? He didn't hold on to that right. He didn't hold on to that right. I mean, he had the right to success. I mean, a good ministry. Can you and I say that by worldly standard, that Christ's earthly ministry, that's by worldly standard, was it a success? Huh? <laughs> by worldly standard. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, they slandered him. They did all kinds, and then they ended up killing him. But you and I know that that was exactly what God wanted. It was exactly what God wanted. His ministry was not in the eyes of the world. It wasn't a success. You know, we have that right. And oftentimes, we hold on to, you know, the fact that because I'm a child of God, a son or a daughter of the king, I have to succeed. And then we measure our success by worldly things, by earthly things. We measure our success by that. You know, we say, I have to be the head, you know, uh, the head and not the tail, above, never below. We put all those things. And then when we say that, uh, that we have been blessed with all spiritual Blessings, we're in heavenly places. Spiritual blessings. And that is, God is interested in the spiritual blessings. But oftentimes, we want to take those spiritual blessings and then try to make it physical. And that is where we get into trouble. You see, you don't have to know Christ to be a millionaire. Go and ask, uh, who do I say, Trump? <laughs> God is interested in seeing Christ recreated in you. Let me ask us, what right, what is the right, tell me the right that we have as, as believers. Do we have any right as believers? The right to, the right to be children of God. Do you know that is the only right we have? Did you know that? Search your Bible. It says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right. To do what? To become a millionaire? No. To become children of God. That's the only right we have. The only right that you and I have as believers is the right to be in Christ 
and to be all that he is. That is the only right we have. However, you know, we live a life with entitlement. We think that God owes us everything. We don't even even have right to healing. If we, if we did, then if we pray for people, they would not die. Am I am I am I getting across? Because I've watched people and prayed and prayed and prayed and I watched them die. Everything we have in this life is by his grace. I was talking about a friend who died two two weeks ago. A pastor friend of mine. He had uh, terminal cancer and I was very close with him. Each time I go to his house, I say, Brother Stephen, hold my hand, just, just pray for me. And I pray, I pray, trusting God. I said, I'm trusting God for, for his healing. And he was one of these fire, fire pastor. He's the one that believed that, look, <laughs> if, you, if, 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 if you are saved and then you commit sin, you are going to hell. So there was nothing like grace. <laughs> what we know today, he didn't believe it. Once saved, always saved. And so it was, you know, later on, I said, why is God drawing me to this man? I remember each time we sit down, we, he would talk and argue about everything, about hell, about heaven. If you commit sin, you are going to hell. That's the kind of person. But I, I began to bring the grace message to him, the love of God, that there is nothing that we have in this life that we earn that is by the grace of God. Our salvation is by the grace of God. And I didn't know that I was sowing a seed into his life. Just about a week before he died, I went to his house. By this time, you know, he couldn't speak very well. He had brain tumor. They had removed the tumor. The tumor was coming back. And he held my hands. He said, Brother Stephen, very, very, very slow, Brother Stephen, I have now realized. And then when he says, I have now realized, he would close his eyes. He wait for at least 30 seconds. He said, I have now realized seven times. I have now realized that my salvation is by grace. I said, wow. I said, brother, no, sir. That is deep. That is deep. And then he closed his eyes. He never said any word again after that. Until he died. Never said anything to me again. He said, I have now, now, realized that my salvation is my grace. I said in my spirit, brother, no, sir, <laughs> flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. <laughs> but the almighty God, our salvation is by grace. Whatever we have in this life, we don't earn it. Even the right to Jesus, we didn't earn it. It's by grace. It's by the grace of God. What is it that you are holding on to? What has become a God to you? Is it your reputation? Could be your spouse. 
could be your children, could be anything, worldly possession, what is it? Even your ministry, it could become a god to you, it could become an idol. But God wants us to let go of those things and give it to him. That's what he wants. Until we can do that, we cannot appropriate our death. Because the Bible says that we have been crucified with Christ, right? We have been crucified with Christ. It says it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. It says the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It says Christ is our life. Until we appropriate our dead, the dead of the old man, the man that I was before I met Christ, until we appropriate that, we cannot surrender, we cannot exchange my self-life, my habit, my lifestyle with the life of Christ. Because Christ is my life. Amen? What is hindering you and I from surrendering those rights? I want us to pray now. What hinders us? What are those hindrances? It could be that I never knew that I had to surrender. It could be just pride. You know, it could be just, just that, look, I, I just have a mental accent. I have a mental accent to this brokenness thing, to this surrender thing. I really don't understand it. I wanted to talk to God this evening. I said, Lord, here am I. I can't hide from you. You know everything about me. You know where it hurts. You know my weak points. You know my strengths. I cannot hide anything. Where would I go, they be saying? Where would I go that you'll not find me? I run into hell, you are there. <laughs> I run into fire, you are there. Can you and I say that you and I are living that abundant life? You are experiencing that abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Because he said, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. What are you experiencing in your life, in this walk? Jesus took that journey to the cross. He took that journey to the cross. He relinquished every right that he had. He was God, but he became man. He was to be honored, but he became a bond slave. He had the right to possession, but he stripped himself of all of those things. He had the right to justice. He was denied justice. He had the right to live. He was crucified. His attitude was that of surrender. His attitude was that of humility. Humility means complete independence upon God. That is what humility is. Are we a humble people? Are you humble? Do you depend on God? 
possibly it is either my way or no way. It has to be my way. Jesus Christ showed us the example. He lived a life of total dependence upon the Father. He says, the things that I do is what I see my Father doing. The words that I speak, I hear him say it, and then I repeat. Jesus lived a life of rest. I believe that is what the writer of Hebrew calls the Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest means Jesus doing the work while I rest. Jesus is doing it. He is my life. He's walking in me, both to will and to do of his own good pleasures. I want you to thank God for that life that he has given unto us. He didn't have to, but he did. Pastor told us about two weeks ago that Jesus gave his life for us in order to give his life to us so that he could live his, his life in and through us. Are we resisting? In what way are you resisting that life, that life being lived in and through you? We are to be expressions of God. And that is what it means to glorify him. To glorify means to be an expression, to express his character. Is the life of Christ that is in you, is it being displayed in your home? Is it being displayed at your job? Is it being displayed wherever you go? You have Christ's life. Is it displayed? Or is it being held back? But how do you know when Christ's life is displayed in you? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love. Can you love the unlovable? Are you patient under stress? Do you experience peace in the face of turmoil? How about kindness? Are you kind to the unkind? Are you gentle? Are you faithful? Do you have self-control? These are the traits. These are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want you to meditate on this. What is it that I'm still holding on to? Those rights that I'm holding on to. Is it a right to my reputation? I, need to, I must have a good reputation. Jesus emptied himself of that reputation. And hear what happened to him. You see, Jesus was exalted, given a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow of things in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth, and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. You see, when we humble ourselves, then we will be exalted. God will exalt us. 
God would lift us up. May we humble ourselves. May we declare our dependence upon him totally. When we surrender all those rights, we relinquish those rights unto him. Father, we thank you. For your word is truth. Jesus says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are truths and they are life. And he said, if you hold on to my words, then you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Father, we are a free people. You have made us free. He said it was for freedom that Christ set us free. We will not entangle ourselves in any bondage. Lies and deception puts us in bondage. We resist every lie of the enemy. We resist every deception. Father, we take captive of every thought that is contrary to your, to, to your truth. We take them captive to the obedience of Christ. We live by faith and not by sight. Father, we agree with your word that we are your children. And the only right that we have, the one that you have given us authority to claim, is the right in Christ to be all he is, that he will be recreated in us, that our minds will be renewed so that we will know your will, your will that is acceptable, your will that is perfect for us. And so I bring all my brethren before you this evening. We want to thank you for that, for all that you are doing. Is there any one of us here that you know there is something in us that is resisting your life being expressed through him or her? Father, I say, touch that part. Touch it in my life. Touch it in my life. Take that idol away from me. I release that idol unto you. And I pray the same for every of my brethren seated here, from the youngest to the oldest, that whatever we have held onto to meet our needs, not understanding that you are our need meter, that you supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Father, I say, touch those areas in our lives so that we will release them unto you. You want to be free because you have made us free. Is there anyone here that is troubled? I ask for your peace upon them. Is there anyone here that is anxious? Father, I pray your peace, calmness upon each and every one of us. Every situation, let us entrust ourselves unto you. Teach us to trust you, to entrust ourselves unto you, knowing who we are in you. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We adore you. For you are wonderful, you are awesome. As I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.